This podcast is for PR pros who are looking to discover the best strategies for landing their dream retainer clients and scoring them top tier media coverage. I'm your host, Jen Burson, and I want you to have a fulfilling career in PR that totally lights you up without sacrificing your personal or family time or your sanity. Welcome to the Pitching Powerhouse Podcast. Today, we are bringing you a topic. I am sure you're seeing this everywhere. Um, I don't love always just jumping in on like bandwagon topics, but I don't think this is a bandwagon topic. I think this is a disruptive technology that is very close to what social media was for the PR industry back when we were all like, what's this Twitter? What do you know? What's Facebook? How do we use it? How do we leverage it? AI. It's not going anywhere. It's going to evolve and it's going to evolve very, very quickly. Okay. So I tend not to panic. I tend to look at things that evolve in our industry as new rules of the game and we are experts that have to learn the rules and learn the, the rules and the tools, right? And then use our clients, or our clients use us to help them navigate. So this is yet another tool and we're going to look at it like that. And if you, you know, tend to align with my thinking a lot, um, which is very much just like, yeah, let's just learn as we go, you know, no need to panic. Everyone's in the same boat. We're all figuring this out as we go. Then um, this is what I'm here to bring you. Um, what we're going to focus on learning today are, um, you know, what even is AI and what is the impact that it is already making on the media landscape? Uh a few reasons why AI can't replace PR pros. So like I said, no need to panic. We're thinking sentient beings. I don't think AI is sentient yet, even though it can express emotion, it doesn't feel emotion, right? We're humans. We bring a lot to the table because we have emotions and feelings, thoughts, all of the things that are like original don't panic. We'll figure out why we can't be replaced. And then how can you use artificial intelligence ethically when you're writing pitches and coming at it from that, that approach? Um, you know, I do think there are unethical ways that you're using it, like writing articles and trying to pass it off as your own content. You know, I'll, I'll get into what, what AI, what its limitations are, because um, if you put in a garbage query, it's going to spit out garbage results because it's not necessarily fact-checking. Um, you know, AI, it may sound like something out of an ap a post-apocalyptic sci-fi movie, but even if it does to you, it's very real. It's very here. It is cementing itself in the media landscape, and it's already shifting the way that PR pros are running their agencies. And it has a whole world of super cool, interesting uses. So if you haven't checked into it, um, poke around, explore, you know, don't be afraid of it. Just see what it can do. But when it comes to PR and what we do, we're going to keep an eye on these writing-based AI programs. So these are the programs that 
have the capacity, they have the power to generate an entire um, paragraph of copy, multiple paragraphs of copy, an entire outline based on a query, whatever you plug into it. And that does pose some ethical questions when it comes to pitching the media. So we'll talk about that. And I know we're all, you know, learning as we go. We're, we're watching a lot of content around it. Um, learning uh, the power and the limitations because that also matters. You need to understand that there are limitations and not just rely on it as fact and comprehensive, you know? So what is AI? It is artificial intelligence, and I'm not gonna get too technical, but it uses computers and machine learning to generate content that humans would create. So AI, when I say machine learning to generate content that humans would create, it is pulling instantly, which is crazy to see how fast it works, information from all over the internet, information from articles based on a certain question you're asking, and it is compiling a very well-crafted, thoughtful response that looks like somebody is a person on the other end replying to you, but it's really computer learning. So you've probably heard people talking about it all over social media, and lots of AI-generated content is writing-based, and ChatGPT is the huge new AI writing tool out there. So that's what everybody started really talking about AI was when ChatGPT rolled out. They made it an open platform. I think it was like version 2.0. And, you know, like I said, AI isn't it new exactly, but right now, especially with ChatGPT, it's more accessible than ever. And people are using AI software for fun. Um, like just looking at internet trends or to streamline their processes at work. And I think in that sense, it's a very powerful tool to help you save time, save money, um, you know, create processes using AI and also to create content creation shortcuts so that you can get some things rolling using AI and then add your like spin it your own way. So um, I know that this kind of disruptive, scary technology has burst onto the scene. A lot of people will make a catastrophe out of it. That's their first instinct. That's not how I am. I'm not a doomsday type of person. Like I said, you know, the sky isn't falling. This is how everybody acted when digital media came out and blogging and they said, media's dead, media's dying. You know, it's not, it's evolving. That's always what happens and we evolve with it. So that's why you're here. Media isn't dying, the sky isn't falling. So um, AI is not going to replace all of us. It's not gonna replace every copywriter, every PR pro out there. It's just yet another shift in the media landscape. And if you dive in and you approach this new, you know, revelation, this new evolution in um, AI as a tool instead of, you know, a monster coming to take our jobs, don't run from it and learn how to harness its power for good. Um, and here's one of the reasons why you can't panic over AI. It's not always 
accurate. It's not a human person. It's getting better, right? But it's not always accurate. AI can't generate pitches on its own. Um, you can't just put in a product and a pitch angle into ChatGPT and send the generated pitch right to an editor. There's zero guarantee the pitch is full of good, accurate, comprehensive, up-to-date information. AI pulls information from all around the internet. So beside the fact that it could potentially be inaccurate information, plagiarism is a serious problem here, which is why we talk about the ethics. You could be unintentionally stealing content from writers that you've never even heard of. It's just pulling in information from other people's writing all over the internet. Anything generated by AI, it needs to be read and edited by an actual human before it is remotely ready to be shared. And you'll need to check for plagiarism, any kind of factual errors, clunky writing, the list goes on. Like, you know, does this look like a computer wrote it or is this a human being that actually pulled this together? It's a good start. It's a good framework, but it is not a human's own ideas, thoughts, positioning, opinion, all of the things that make our writing really special. An AI generated pitch is like a spray and pray pitch. It's generic and it's impersonal. I've said it. Don't be spray and pray. Don't cut corners and be lazy using AI to just do all the work. It's a great starting point. It's a great time saver, but you still have to use your expertise in order to craft pitches that are going to move the needle. Your pitches need to be personalized to that specific editor that you're pitching, their publication, the beat, the kinds of content that they cover, and have your own voice and personality, like infuse little tidbits of personality into your pitch. Using an AI-generated pitch as is does nothing for your media relationships. It can also sour your credibility with a journalist and you can't build a deep personal connection with a robot. That robot is, doesn't have your special personality and your special ability to make it super targeted and relevant to the person who's reading it. So that's number one. You know, just uh, know that it, it's not going to generate pitches done in, you know, plug and play on its own. You have to come in and judge it. Number two is an AI pitch won't align with an editor's needs. So chat GPT may be able to write a grammatically sound pitch, but will it align with exactly what that editor might be looking for? Probably not. It doesn't have the power yet. It may eventually, but it doesn't have the power to be accurate about minuscule trend shifts and super specific niche topics like an actual PR pro who has a deep expertise in their niche knows all of the trends, the movers, the shakers, the things that are being talked about, um, the, you know, kind of topic of discussion or what's happening on TikTok that might be relevant to their, their niche that the media is kind of interested in talking about. So the research it does is often just kind of surface level and you're likely to get some inaccurate responses to a really niche query. 
um, it is going to pull from what already exists online. You see, so if you're trying to stay ahead of the curve, AI doesn't really help you because it's looking at what's already there, not what the forward projecting ideas may be that your client might want to weigh in as an expert or that the media is going to want to talk about early. You see what I'm saying? It's just pulling from what's already there. So you're coming into the pitch writing process with valuable experience and you, your tried and true strategies and the past successes that AI software can never replicate. So you know the way you positioned a pitch, moved the needle, got their attention, these sort of nuances that got them to be interested in learning more and hearing more about that angle and that idea. If you're sharing pitches that are getting pulled from AI, you're regurgitating topics that have already been written about. And what publication wants to just keep covering something if they're trend-focused or forward-focused on what's happening in an industry, they're not going to want to cover something that's already been done. Um, you know, even if you copy an editor's request directly into an AI query box and feed it all of your client's relevant information, the resulting pitch won't necessarily meet that editor's needs. The pitch has to hit every aspect of a journalist's query, whatever their request is, um, have your own unique approach or spin on it. Things are going to get missed in an AI-generated pitch. So just know, you know, it's just spitting out what's already there. It's not really giving you anything super novel. Um, number three is these nuanced storytelling uh, approaches. That's lost with AI content. It, AI pitches generally just don't tell a story. They spit out information based on a question, a query. What do you, you know, it's like garbage in, garbage out. Yes, they're generic and impersonal, but they also don't weave brand messaging, brand positioning, product information, founder stories. They don't weave it all together to paint a picture for a journalist. A PR pro is the one who puts the pieces together to create an enticing story, something that's exciting, something that'll resonate with the journalist. And then, you know, those edits, they need to be personalized to the contact on your media list. So you're not taking some regurgitated angle and just sending it to every single person because that's lazy spray and pray and also lazy because you're using a tool to just do the thinking for you. So the better input that you give chat GPT, the better output it's going to give you, but somebody still needs to put that final touch to perfect the story or to perfect the press release, you know? That is a human touch. It's, a, it's a, a brain that's reading it and saying, is this interesting? Is this compelling? Do we care? Robot doesn't care, right? Um, you have to read it and say, why, why do people care about this? Does this really have something compelling to it? Your pitches should show editors that you have your finger on the pulse of what's happening in your niche and what's relevant to their publication's audience. And what works for one outlet doesn't work for another. And AI just cannot grasp those nuances yet. And it doesn't have the emotional intelligence necessary, or at all really, but um, it's regurgitated emotional intelligence that you know doesn't necessarily navigate tough, tricky, sticky situations and balance your client's end goal with your media contacts needs.
this is what we do. This is what we get paid the big bucks to do is really figure out how to navigate those, you know, win-win situations for everyone. What is the value you're offering to the publication? Does it serve their needs? And what does this help your client to accomplish in terms of their end goals, their objectives? Why is this even valuable to them? And why is your client's story or your pitch or your idea valuable to the publication? Everything AI spits out still needs a human touch to get it to your standards. And I hope your standards are, are high because that's why you're here. Obviously, you are continuing to learn and grow. But I have seen um, a lot of PR pros kind of lazy. I'm on pitch lists for various you know, things I've done over time and I get a lot of pitches still. And, you know, if you are more detailed, specific, focused on creating something special and something targeted and taking the time to really direct something to a specific person and try to connect with them, you're way ahead of the game. You're way ahead of the game. So most, honestly, agencies, I see their pitches and they're spray and pray and they're lazy. It's like, not only does this person not know this publication, they can't even write a pitch. And they're coming from a pretty established agency that should know better. Um, so just know that if you're taking the time to make it personalized and strategic and targeted to that publication, you're way ahead of the game. And I think, I suspect with AI and ChatGPT generating passable pitches, they're going to get even lazier. And the spray and pray is going to get even more generic. It's going to increase because it's just easy. If you're already lazy, get they're going to get even lazier. So ChatGPT is going to spit out content based on what you put in to the query. So you could say, write me a blog post about how effective Hillary Clinton is as the first female president of the United States, right? It is going to spit out an article in all likelihood. It may have learned at this point, like she's not the president, but if you ask it for something, it is going to give you what you ask it. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not going to say, I cannot do this because Hillary Clinton lost the election. She is not the first female president of the United States. It's going to say Hillary Rodham Clinton is the first female president of the United States. You know, if you ask it about like a bill in Congress or like something that, um, there's information, like people are trying to pass it and it's online, but it hasn't already passed or it hasn't already gone into effect. And you say, what is it like now that this bill has passed? It's going to pull information about what the bill proposes to do or, you know, so it's really only about the quality of the question that you ask it. So, uh, okay. The first way to use it ethically is put in a query to brainstorm new angles. If you're stuck, you're feeling like you have writer's block or whatever, you don't know what to pitch next, or you can't figure out maybe how to turn a simple tidbit and you want to turn it into a really compelling, buzzworthy story, AI can help out with that. So you can ask ChatGPT why it thinks a bit of news is important or put in your client's brand or product information and ask what seems cool or interesting about it. Pretty cool to see what it comes up with. The answer that it gives, it could be the spark that you need to create a new, exciting, different 
pitch angle that maybe you didn't think of. And you're going to take that little gem and run with it and make it your own. You're not going to just pull, plug and, you know, copy paste, but you're like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. Um, you know, just make sure you're using uh, that as a jumping off point, you know, not the whole thing. None of the AI generated text should make it into the final pitch. Um, maybe like a little two word kind of positioning or something that there might not be a better way to say it. But if it's spitting out whole sentences, paragraphs, you're not going to copy paste because it's pulling from somewhere. And so that has been written or some version of that is out there. Um, you know, copying AI generated text into your pitch email gets into some kind of murky ethical waters, especially with plagiarism. Brainstorms are great, getting your own creative wheels turning, um, you know, and you have to remember if the way you're using AI, if it feels icky, if it feels wrong, it probably is. You do that ick test, you know, that's how I say about like newsjacking. Um, anytime there's like a tragedy, do you feel good about this? Like, does it pass your ick test? And everybody's ick test or ethical sort of like, does it feel right or wrong? The line is a little bit different, but sometimes it's pretty universal that it doesn't feel quite right. You know, I actually experienced this when I was an attorney, we had databases, you know, just uh, searchable databases of briefs and complaints and things that we filed on behalf of clients that a lot of our cases were similar, right? And so you're pulling a lot of the relevant case law, the relevant, um, you know, uh, laws and different uh, precedent in different courts and circuits and things are coming up again and again and again. And so it's this concept of like not reinventing the wheel. So you're taking, it's not plagiarism per se, because it's from our law firm, our whole kind of body of work. For me, the ethical challenge was billable hours. So you have a client, the first one that ever had this type of complaint or filing, someone had to pay for the time it took to write that. Then it goes in the database and then you find that and you make it your own for your client. Well, I just saved 20 hours you know, I can't charge the client for my time that I saved, but they're getting the value out of somebody else already paying for that. So I always was like, I didn't spend the time, but somebody did and the other clients benefiting from that. So the law firm had a way of doing it. We weren't stealing per se, but it was a huge time savings. And it just felt like I always was like, you know, we still had to research and make sure it was still current and it's still, the facts still applied, but it just, that, that line for me was like, I don't really want to bill for my time on this because I didn't write this whole thing. We're using uh, almost a template. See what I'm saying? It's like, mm. so if it feels wrong, it probably is. You should be okay and be in the clear as long as you're just using it to kind of help do your job, get the wheels going and you're not making it do your job for you. It's a tool. It's not a substitute for you. Okay. We all can agree on that. That's pretty, 
pretty easy. Um, so that's one is just query, brainstorm new ideas. The other thing I think it's really useful for is breaking down tough concepts. So if you're struggling to explain some kind of complicated data or a tough concept in simple terms, layman's terms, or you know, putting it in a way that's easy to digest or rephrasing some technical jargon in a way that like your mom can understand or your grandma would get. AI is seriously powerful for that. Um, this is one way that I've been using it in my own life. This is my story. So my son was having a hard time. He's fifth grader. He was trying to write a paper on explaining the process of desalinization. How do you desalinate water to make it from salt water to drinking water, right? Um, and it was the process of distillation was what he was trying to explain in order to desalinate water. Got it? Confusing, right? Still confusing. But he was having a hard time because he didn't understand. It's like when you understand something really well, you can summarize it. You can just say it in very easy terms. When you don't understand something really well, you're just repeating what you've learned. And that's what he was doing. It was really complicated. I'm like, but why? The, the key he was missing was that salt, you know, through uh, distillation, salt has a heavier weight. So it stays in the bottom of this whole complicated like beaker system. He was like, not explaining that simple piece. So we popped it into chat GPT and I said, watch, just watch what it can do. And I said, explain the process of distillation um, as a way to turn salt water into drinking water. So it spits out, hey guys, <laughs> today I'm gonna share with you that did you know that you could turn salt water into drinking water? It's like that sort of a thing. But it, you know, really helped him get that basic explanation of the process that he wasn't understanding by reading the scientific technical thing in his book. You know, he just needed the like, this works because when it evaporates, the steam is lighter than the salt, which stays in the bottom and the steam, you know, goes up and then forms condensation, which is clear water. Anyway, it was like that sort of thing. So none of that AI text was used in his essay. I made sure of that, but it still really helped him break down that concept and rewrite it in his own words and using those simpler terms. So it's great for breaking those things down, but it's never copy, paste, send. No, that is not ethical. That is not what clients are paying you for. You, as my kids would say, big brain. You guys are big brains, right? Um, you're using AI with your big brain as a tool just to save you time, save you money. Maybe there's some research it can pull, but, you know, uh, we can use it to teach us all about topics, you know, uh, create something in an outline format. Like there's all kinds of things that it can do. I mean, on the personal level, you could say create a diet plan that is keto and, uh, you know, like for somebody and you explain like what you're trying to accomplish and how much you want to exercise and what foods you like, it'll spit out an entire diet, exercise, regimen, nutrition, not diet, but nutrition plan for you. It's really cool, but you still have to review it and say like, hmm, does this seem right? Um, we have, I also used it to create some ideas 
for outlets to pitch to example, what are the top 10 media outlets that do nonfiction book reviews? That's great. And it'll pull, you know, lists, thought starters, but it's not um, going to be the be all end all. It's just generating ideas, right? So it wasn't overly accurate based on our research, but we used about four to five outlets. Great. You know, so you're going to get that list and then research or, or a lot of times it'll give you ideas that maybe you already have. And so that's how I feel like if you show up here and I'm talking about things you already know, it's kind of like you get that validation like, oh, okay, I'm doing it right. Or, oh yeah, I already thought about that. Okay. I'm on the right track. I think there's value in that too. Just that, you know, yes. Okay. We're on the right track. We're doing it right. Um, I feel good about that. And then moving forward with confidence, you know, so, um, that might be one of the ways you're getting value out of it. It's there for you as a tool. It is not here to take your job, at least not yet. I mean, listen, we have to evolve with the times. Um, anybody who digs their heels in and says, I'm not gonna, I'm not looking at that. I don't want to deal. It's another whatever, you know, that's not a way to evolve and stay relevant. You guys are all here because we're, we're making an effort to stay relevant. Um, you know, PR is a game. We want to be well-versed in the rules of the game and help our clients navigate the media landscape with the evolution of tools and media platforms. So the more you know about something, the more you can speak to it, address concerns, leverage the value and make it your own and make it, uh, use it to make you better and save you time. Yeah. So that's what I have for you guys today. Thanks as always for being here and have a great rest of your day. And I will speak with you soon. Go play with chat GPT, get to know it, become friends. Don't fear it. Be its friend <laughs> because it's there for you too. So talk to you guys soon. Ciao. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pitching Powerhouse podcast. If you're ready to up-level your pitching skills so that you can provide stellar services to your clients, you should think about joining the Pitch Lab. Check out the link in the episode description to learn more. So the Pitch Lab is this awesome, incredible monthly membership experience where you will get the proven formula for crafting PR pitches that actually convert and get tons of strategic, timely pitch angles so you never run out of pitch ideas again. Oh, and you also get access to incredible monthly execution plans that save you hours of time and include irresistible pitch angles that the media cannot ignore. With relevant and timely strategies and topics for PR coverage during current events, holidays, monthly awareness observances, say that fast three times, seasonal events, and more, you'll be able to create PR content that makes your clients stand out, even if you are new to PR. So check out the link in this episode's description to learn more. And as always, be sure to tune into next week for another incredible episode packed with the insights you need to become a pitching powerhouse.